Hello, Shantiana Keys here, WBCA Manager of Education, and welcome to this week's episode of the WBCA podcast, Growing Our Game, where we discuss a variety of topics about women's basketball. Today, we continue our Coaches on Coaches series with assistant coaches Tasha Brown of UCLA and Danielle O'Banion of Minnesota. Brown and O'Banion discuss coaching over the past eight months, including empowering student athletes through civic engagement and how their programs have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. We're coaches. We're leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We build excellent people, not just excellent players. We improve lives, not just records. The WBCA is the premier professional association for the community of women's and girls basketball coaches. Build your career in coaching, network with colleagues, and get up-to-date information about our sport. We are here for you every step of your coaching journey. Learn more about a WBCA membership and benefits at WBCA.org. Hey, this is wild. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. How's everything in Minnesota? Well, we're going to get three inches of snow later today, but that's uh, that's all for this week. So it's good. We we'll take the positives where you can get it. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. We're going to milk this thing for all it's worth. So yeah, no shovel action tonight. So that'll be good. Well, I know I saw, um, I mean, you and I follow each other a lot on social media and um you know, we've known each other for some time and and I know you are all about fitness and actually saw that you guys had some good days the other day and you got a good run in. Let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, as being a coach and, and wanting to stay fit and how you make time for that and maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's just so important for us to take care of ourselves so that we're able to serve and take care of others. And um, for me, I really just have always had coaches who practice what they preach. And I respected them even more for that. You know, my college coach, Kathy Inglis, we we used to joke um, about how much she was on the treadmill. But, you know, we also respected her work ethic. And we knew that she wasn't asking us to do anything that she wasn't willing to do. And we tried to avoid any scenario where she might jump out there and, and outshow us, you know. So I just have always felt it important for the coaching staff and for myself personally to lead by example. Um, and and I think that that's, um, that's the first way that you can lead is to be willing to do what you're asking of others. Absolutely. I know I, uh, I you know, I love fitness as well and, and have to get it in every morning. And, and I completely agree with everything that you talked about. And, you know, coaching is a mirror and, and it's hard to ask them to do things that you're not willing to do in different facets. And, and I love staying in shape. I love eating well. And um, in this coaching profession, I think we don't take enough care of ourselves, like you're talking about and being examples in that way. And, Uh, I know I talk to a lot of coaches and they're always asking, how do you make time for it? You know, I don't have enough time for it. And, you know, for me, I'll I'll get up at 4 a.m. I'll get up at 4.30 a.m. to have that hour and a half where I'm doing whatever it is that I want to do. And and fitness wise, whether it's running or lifting weights. And, you know, it's funny having those conversations with our players. They're like, how? Why? (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? How do you get up that early? And why would you run 10 miles and, right. you know, or it's, you know, you walk in the gym and they're like, coach, how many did you get in today? And, <laughs> yeah. and so, 
you know, just having those conversations with them and, and, you know, they show a healthy respect for man. If she's getting up, doing it and taking care of herself, I can show up and do this. And so you are so right in terms of being those examples. You know, the other thing that I, I just always think back to my assistant coaches when I played too. Uh, my position coach, Kelly Cole, who is now the head coach at Northeastern. I remember us being in the weight room after practice and her being on the treadmill, just getting it, you yeah. know, and the same yeah. with Pam Borton. She was an assistant coach that I played for at BC and then worked with Pam here at Minnesota the first time. And I just always remember as a student athlete looking at them like, why? But then yeah. again, you know, again, you were like, man, that's, that's awesome. You know? And so, yeah. you know, as we Absolutely. now get a chance to pay it forward, that that example is a non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned. And you you've leveled up, Tasha. You you are a, a coach Corey's fitness trainer too. So you you're now coaching, <laughs> you're coaching your boss. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It, it's, it's a delicate situation. You gotta push her but be nice about it. <laughs> uh, but she has been fantastic. Um, Coach Corey, Shannon, and I, um, over the course of the quarantine, when since gyms have been closed for like the last seven months, we've worked out. Corey has bought all sorts of equipment so we can stay in shape, and I appreciate that about her because she knows that that it just helps our mental health. But you know, I've organized and set up all the workouts and, you know, every, they've been great students. Every now and then with Corey, I have to say, you sound like one of our players. You're not being very coaching right now. Because she'll be like, how many more sets? Can we do this instead? And I'm like, no, this is what we have. We're going to finish this. So she's, she's got a Peloton now. And so she's joined that Peloton community. So she gets that in and at night and when she has early morning meetings, but it's been really fun to build that camaraderie in a different way. Cause typically Mm -hmm. I'm working out by myself, but over the last several months it's been us. And so uh, we've been able to grow in that way and spend a lot of time and and help each other really mentally and physically through, you know, this tough time that we've been going through. So yeah, every now and then I got a reminder. (laughs) 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 These head coaches, that's right. I just, I'm telling you, I just, I love that. I, I, it's so funny. There are a couple of times where she'll kind of shout you out and say that, you know, you're setting up a circuit or something. And I almost feel badly for her. Like she knows the punishment is coming, you know, <laughs> but it's paying the dividends. It's a, yeah. it's a healthy suffering, right? It's it a is. healthy suffering. <laughs> and credit to her. She, she wakes up every morning. She's like, okay, what do we have? <laughs> That's awesome. That is um, awesome. Very yeah. cool. Well, let's uh, let's pivot for a second. I um, I think we've all really had a wild last seven months, <clears throat> and yeah. wild is um, italicized and in quotation marks, um, and maybe the safest way to say it. Yeah. But one of the things that I really have appreciated, kind of watching your all's program from afar, is the way that you've supported your women um, and, and empowered them to use their platform during um, these times of really uncertain times, you know, so in terms of how they express themselves regarding social injustice and racial um, and social issues, I just have appreciated the way that you all have helped your women through this, you know, second civil rights movement. So are there some things that you you feel especially proud of in terms of how your women have stepped into uh, a leadership role? Absolutely. I, um, you know, it's not all programs and places are able to do um, what we're doing. I think there are a lot of times where people um, shy away from the hard conversations and, and not only the hard conversations within 
um, but from a social media platform, uh, being willing to speak out against it. And fortunately, I work with uh, work under a boss that um, just highly believes that that's important. And the mission of our program is to teach, mentor, and equip uh, for life after basketball. And so, these we have some passionate young women who um, are very vocal about what they believe. And so. We have just come alongside them, um, kind of as, as guardrails to help them take that passion um, and put it into action. Because it's one thing to be passionate about something. It's one thing to be upset and outraged about something, but what are you gonna do with it? And so we've really just allowed them to find their voice. And not only that, push them further. Like if we're gonna do this, then we need to have a mission statement. And we need to make sure that everything that we put out is in line with that mission. And, and there were times where we had them go back to the drawing board, like, no, that's not really what you mean. You know, you <laughs> wanna be, in, so let's go back. And, and to high achievers and elite athletes, they're not used to hearing, hey, that's that's not good enough. And mm -hmm. and so we had those times of contention where they were like, hey, whose side you're on? And, and we had to work through that. Um, but they finally got to a place where they love their mission statement. And then now, um, not only that, we plan out the entire calendar um, mm. for a month, two months in advance of what do we want to roll out on our platform and what that looks like. And everything that we go, we go back to the mission statement. Is this serving our mission statement? Not only of the more than a dream, um, which we've called the committee, but also our program um, that says everyone is welcome here um, mm. in, in all different facets. And, and we strongly believe that. And, and of course, Black Lives Matter um, movement and social injustice right now is is big. And so we've decided to take that up to have co hard conversations in our team, our staff, and and to really keep that energy of, of this movement and stand behind it. And so, you know, UCLA as a whole has always been at the forefront of, you know, athletes leading the charge for change and standing up. And this group is is no different. But you know, I love their passion and, and we're helping them just use their voice and credit to Coach Corey as a Caucasian female to always come back to the table and say, listen, I know I'm coming from a place of privilege. Help me find my blind spots. Mm -hmm. Help help me know what I'm missing and how I can serve you and the humility in that and the servanthood in that. And, and I just have so much respect for her that she says that, I mean, several times a week. And it's it's just wow. nice to be in a place like that. Wow, very cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah our, uh, we've had a really strong spring slash summer in that regard as well. Um, you know, Coach Whalen having played uh, in the W for many years in the WNBA from jump, um, being in the forefront of using its platform and its athletes using their platforms to advocate for what's right. Um, yeah. It's been cool to really be able to have conversations with our players and them know that Coach Way, um, as we call her, really means what she's saying because she's been at the forefront for a long yeah. time. And she stood sure. beside the links and 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 just kind of has, has taken advantage of her platform for many years um, around these issues of social and racial injustices. And so it's been a very nice starting point for our conversations with our players for them to know, much like you're saying, Corey has humbled herself uh, for your players. Like it's just been a nice starting point for our team and family conversations that our players understand who she is and what she has stood for long before yeah. it was popular, 
long before yeah. it was, you know, it was a marketing ploy. And so it's just been great. You know, we talk openly about the fact that we're even right now still the one division one school in the state. And so therefore our players, our 14 or 15 women will always have a big platform and they need to be responsible with how they use it. And so they've really taken that on this summer um, and even before this summer, but this summer when it has been potentially uncomfortable, right? Yeah, um, they've really taken it on. So we had a, a number of women this summer participate um, in the peaceful protests that were happening here after George Floyd's uh, murder. Honestly, it, that was a scary time, um, yeah. but they were safe and thankfully they remained safe. But it just was awesome to see them <clears throat> utilize uh, their platform in that regard. And yeah. and then Coach Carly on our staff really worked hard to make sure that all eligible voters in our program were registered. And, and that was a big deal too, you know, and our players advocated um, and really worked hard to be the first team on our campus to be fully registered to vote. And so it's just, you know, I think this opportunity that has come out of really an uncomfortable time is probably one of my favorite coaching experiences. And it probably will always be that because we've spent more time talking about the women in our program and less time talking about the basketball. Yeah. And it sounds kind of ironic to say that you've enjoyed talking less about basketball as a basketball coach, but just to see our women have some difficult conversations with each other um, and with us um, and to see them grow into a confident space to be publicly vocal and to use their social media platforms to hold people to account. It's just been really rewarding. Yeah. Um, And I can speak as a woman of color too, as a black woman, I've really appreciated our players saying what they feel and what they believe. And uh, that's also strengthened our relationships too. And quite frankly, um, and I think that most coaches would say this too, I think our players have inspired me to be even more vocal because Tasha, you and I have coached for a long time and you and I, I know, I know you and I have wrestled with whether or not we should or shouldn't say this, or we don't want to come off to this or that publicly. And so our players really have helped me understand that I don't need to apologize for walking um, in my truth. Yes. And so it's just been in a very difficult time. Yes. This is quite frankly, been one of the best um, seven month periods uh, for me in coaching. Yeah. um, Largely because of our players. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And, uh, you know, credit to your program as well. And it's it's really neat that Coach Whalen has a different perspective, not only as a as a player. And, and like you said before, it became popular, but it was even nice to see the WNBA and the NBA keep it mm. in the forefront mm. every single day, every single mm. game, because I was a little worried that when it started back up, that it would take away from the important issues and they did a really good job of keeping it at the forefront. And so credit to your program as well and your young women for using their platforms. And and I totally agree with you. It's there have been conversations and and even how I use my platform. And I and I think about, you know, there's been this awakening. And I and I think when we were just sitting in front of the TV and witnessed a man's life being taken from him and George Floyd, there's something that awakened in a lot of people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were in a pandemic and we were in quarantine and that was all you seen, mm-hmm. it, it crept into every household, you know, no matter what um, ethnicity or race, it, it just seeped into everywhere. And people were forced to have these conversations about what happened. And for me, it was just an awakening. And then our young players and their passion and 
that energy just resonated through everyone. And I've even had a couple conversations with past players that I've coached and they're like, coach, you were a little bit different when, when I played and this could have been five, six years ago. And, you know, I look at that and there was part of me that, you know, I owed them an apology. You know, sometimes you're thinking about, is that really how you want to say it? You need to tone it down a little bit. Um, there are people you could lose job opportunities. And, and that was kind of where we were. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, make sure that this is what you want to say and stand up for knowing that there could be a little pushback. And if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. And, um, you know, just talking with those young women that I, I wouldn't say I did them a disservice at the time. I think we coached with kind of what we knew and we were trying mm-hmm. to grow them up in a way that would set them up for success as we saw it. But now we're in a different time. And this movement and this moment has called us to come up higher and to have these tough conversations. And that's what families do is, if you really want to grow in intimacy together and really want to grow in relationship together, you got to dig up some of that stuff and really find out this hurts me, or this means a lot to me, or I need you too. And mm-hmm. it bothers me that, and there's a lot of uh, places that can't have those conversations, won't have those conversations mm-hmm. because once you open the door as a coaching staff, you have a responsibility to see this through and Absolutely. to keep having those conversations. And I don't think that's going to harm you as a team if handled correctly. I think that can only mm-hmm. help, you know? Correct. I would agree. I would agree. You know, the one thing I, the last thing I wanted to to visit with you about is I know you all have international players. We certainly have international players. And, you know, the, quite candidly, I've felt so terribly for our international players because they have not been able to go home during this this time. Um, and if they did go home, they had a very difficult time getting back. Yeah. And I just also, as an American, have been embarrassed yeah. quite candidly. But the really cool thing for me has personally has been, you know, they're rather empathetic. Yeah. It, it, you know, as a as a group of folks, as international students who might not necessarily feel particularly comfortable either, they almost look at our situation being here. They've they've kind of been like this. This is crazy. We've you know we're sorry. It's like yeah. that here, yeah. which is again a different level of empathy. You know, yeah, but, but again, you- it's all part of our education. Again, I'm saying I've been inspired and empowered by our women. And yeah. I'm saying all, not just the ones that, you know, are citizens of the United yeah. States. I mean, it's just the whole thing has been really informative, but I'm yeah. just like, bless their hearts, you know, <laughs> and what are they thinking of all of this? <laughs> and, and I asked them that, I was like, what are you guys thinking? And and there's, there is that embarrassment, you know, and there's so many people that fight to get over here. And then we've got this, I mean... <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, this is what's going on. And, you know, it's funny that we have um, a German on our team and her name is Emily. She's from Germany. And before she got here, she has dual citizenship. uh, But before she got here, she said, coach, I don't understand all of the racial tension. We don't have it here like there. So I don't understand it. But I empathize with how you feel. How can I come along with you? And that just like, you know, that just reached my heart. Wow. I got goosebumps. I I know we can't see, people can't see, but I got goosebumps right now. Yeah. Wow. And she reached out to all the African-American kids on our team and coaches. And 
asked that same question and she's taken it upon herself to use her platform too, to really speak against this. And so it was before she got here and since she's got here, she's just determined to learn. And so that meant a lot to me that, you know, she came from Germany and really wanted to engage in and help with this, the struggle. And, you know, there's hope when, when I hear her speak and I see, you know, protests and people engaging all over the world and all, you know, all the different countries. I'm like, there's hope, you know, for healing and reconciliation and education and, and different mm-hmm. things. But we've got five international kids. And right now, I'll be honest with you, two of them are still not here because they've been trapped in this kind of system wow. of government and everything that's going on with COVID. And so we hope to have mm-hmm. them here soon. But um, it's just impacted everybody so deeply. And, and right. <laughs> When I ask them, what do you guys think about us over there? They're like, we we just think you guys are crazy and <laughs> we feel bad for you. <laughs> so, okay, good. Good to know. Good, to know. good thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's 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 really great to have so many. And they give us a, such a different perspective, like you said, just in learning about, you know, different, different lifestyles and, and how things how they interpret and see the world. Uh, so it is an honor for us to have so many international kids because they give us such a different perspective. So I, yeah, it's kind of some, most days it's hard for me to believe we get paid to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really a blessing. I mean, literally. It's like, oh, I cool. get to come and do this. There's something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> right. More, more days. It's like, you know, it's, we are impacting we are impacting generations of leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to our early conversation about us just being healthy physically, mentally, um, and allowing them to inspire us. When they leave us, we really are launching them into what will be next and how they choose to lead. Mm-hmm. And it is just so humbling, that responsibility. When I think about we are just caretakers of of their hearts and their spirits and mm-hmm. to make sure we don't crush that, but we empower that and we blow wind to, wind into that. Mm-hmm. It, it's such, it's so humbling um, that we've been chosen to do that. And so when perspective gets out of whack, I just remember, hey, you get to do this, something that so many people across the country would die to try right. to get what do what you do. Correct. And Correct. it's such a blessing. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not gonna sit here and get emotional with you. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm not crying. Hey, Adnan, I'm not doing it. <laughs> we need to do some push-ups or something. Get that yeah, right. Time for a run. <laughs> How are you guys doing with the uh, with with COVID and and just staying safe and all of that? You know, it's everybody. Everybody's doing the best they can. Quite yeah. honestly, you know, I, I trust our women are making good decisions. Yeah. Um, I just don't like the statistical uh, chances of of us living in a bubble. Truly, I mean, yeah. it, there's you can be as careful as you want to. I mean, look at Tom Izzo just announced yesterday that he was COVID positive, and he said he's been as careful as anybody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're doing the best we can. I I really appreciate the sacrifices that are women and yeah. our staff and coaches are making. I mean, it, this is, this is difficult, you know, so, yeah. so far so good in terms of people feeling, you know, relatively well, and, yeah. you know, we get to do basketball. And so we'll take it one day at a time. Coach Way always says, you know, don't look too far behind and don't look too far ahead. Absolutely. 
So that's, that's what we're doing. Every, everybody okay within, within your, your group out there? Everybody's been great. Everybody's been yeah. great. I think one of the things too, that, you know, while we were away and we realized that we weren't going to come back anytime soon, uh, and we purposely brought our players later, brought them back later than even we could have, mm-hmm. um, but really working on the mental side of everything, like that was important, mental health, whether it was mm-hmm. because of everything that was going on, or it was, you know, mental uh, conditioning for basketball and what was we're going to face in that new normal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that one of the most important things that we were doing for our team before they got here was to start that engagement. And since they've been here, we've really spent an enormous amount of time on that. And it is going to be about a certain perspective day to day and, and being willing to adapt. Um, but it's been nice to have them back and they're happy to see each other. And, you know, we can't do all the hugs and all that, <laughs> right. you know, and you can't even necessarily see smiles except for the squinty eyes, but right. Um, you know, just to be in each other's presence and working towards something that we love. We're, we're, we're happy and we're healthy and uh, we're just thankful for that. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, I've enjoyed this. I yeah. really have. I, I, I hope that Keys lets us get together again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like the combination. <laughs> if I'd be on with you, I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> right. That's yeah. easy right there. <laughs> so yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate spending time with you this morning. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the WBCA podcast, Growing Our Game. Share your thoughts on today's discussion by using the hashtag WBCA podcast. For more information on the WBCA, visit WBCA.org and follow us at WBCA 1981. Thank you. And we'll see you here for our next episode of Growing Our Game.